Shut up, I love it. Shut up, I love it, you dirty creatures, you fantastical beasts. I'm Joe Cabello. I'm here with <laughs> Sasha Byler. And Joe just gave away she just gave away the topic of this podcast. Not really. I mean, Not really. Kind of, All right. I think the title of the podcast episode might give it away more than what I just said. Unless they're just like listening and they don't know what they're listening to. Yeah. Yeah, they blindly went in. I think they have a good idea if it, our promotion is good at all that they know what we're talking about. But we are here to talk mm-hmm. about something with someone. We're here with a comedian and writer, and I would call him a musician, musical artist. You could check out his uh, weekly um, newsletter, The Sternal Journal, which is fantastic. He is Julian Stern. Hello, Julian. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, so happy to have you, Julian. Welcome. Let's do it. Tell us, what are you here to talk about? I'm here to talk about one of the, I think, probably most hated sequels in recent history, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Wow. Heavy. I I do like how you set it up. For what this movie is, uh, as far as the a hated sequel, uh, but tell us a little bit about yeah, or why don't uh, why don't Sasha and I just give our our background on Crimes of Grindelwald? I would love familiar to hear with them. it before. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Sasha, yes. what about you? Yeah, so I, you know, because of course, um, fantastical fantastical beasts are the prequel, right? Like chronologically to Harry Potter's universe. It's, it's from Harry Potter's universe and J.K. Rowling's um, later venture into writing about the magical world. I I am familiar with it, but I hadn't seen any of the films until last night. So this is the first time I've seen a film from this particular um, Fantastical Beasts. So, so out of the two, I guess. Right. Did you see? No, the first I did not one? see the first one. You didn't, I don't but think I did. You need. Did you do any recap? <laughs> I, d- I did read the re- recap. I did. I definitely needed recap okay. big time. I, I definitely read it carefully, so I knew what I was getting in too. But um, I am a big fan of Harry Potter. Like I'm like just like like crying like crying out loud. Like just like like such a big fan. Like I it's like. I, I still think that like Harry Potter books are one of the greatest like works of literature like of all time. Like I, I really do think that. Um, but that is my but that is my only uh, first experience with Fantastical Beasts is watching this this movie for this episode recording. What about you, Joe? I'm so curious then later to to talk about someone who hasn't like experienced the first one mm-hmm. going into this one. Oh yeah, yes. that that's got to be a trip. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this I did. I have kept up with the Fantastical Beasts films because uh, my girlfriend Andy, past guest of the show, Ooh. is a huge Harry Potter fan as well. So of course I'd go to watch them. I don't really. I'm pretty ambivalent to the Harry Potter series. Mm. I think it can be fun, but I just don't really it doesn't really uh satisfy have you read the book have you read the books 
Or have you just seen the movies? No, I haven't read oh, the books. Okay. That's, just, that's this, the, I think that's where the problem is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is what I need to talk about. Well, yeah, I'm sure that that might help. But um, the Fantastical Beast movies, yeah, this one, I think even Julian might know that I really did not like when it first came out. Whoa. Um, I think I might have texted him that night or yep. something when I saw it. <laughs> but yeah, I really didn't like this movie. Um, and that's been my history with this one. As that's I, your I history. Really so it. your history is to text hate texts to the guests of this podcast to tell them how much you hate the topic of this podcast, uh, basically. It is, like it is our years. love language. Hate texts is Joe and I's love language. Yeah, this language. was years. <laughs> 2018, yeah. right. All right, let's get to our guest. Julian, are you a huge Harry Potter like, can you, fan? Can you tell us about yourself in, in, yes. the, in your relationship with this? I have I have so I've been trying to be pretty reserved because I have so much to say and I needed to wait <laughs> until it was my turn. I didn't want to step on anything you all were saying. So, you know, jump in if I'm talking for too long. But yes, I <clears throat> I have a a deep history with Harry Potter. I remember when Ethan Littman had the first book in it was either I can't remember. It was one of the years that we were in a portable in elementary school. So I remember the first scene. Shout out, Ethan. Lithman. Yeah, Harry mm-hmm. Potter book come out of and portables. a backpack. Mm. Yeah, and portables. Portables, hey, very COVID friendly. <laughs> um, and I realized that there was a hack that you could order from the British Amazon mm. instead of the American Amazon mm-hmm. and get the book like five days before anyone got it in the States for the first few books. And then for, I think... Uh, Goblet of Fire I did that and I got it like a week after everyone because Bezos got on his shit and realized <gasps> that it was popular and I was so upset about it when I was in fifth grade I got taken out of class by my wonderful dearly departed grandfather to go mm. wait like eight blocks in line to get signed copies of Prisoner of Azkaban by J.K. Rowling oh, so I, I as a ten year old wow, I stood fun. before her uh, and you stood she, before her for sure. In fact, I th- I think I have the signed book somewhere in this house. Um, Where was it? It was at a bookstore, a very popular independent bookstore called Politics and Prose in DC. In DC, and like, you are in Maryland right now, am I right? Yeah, yes, yeah, I'm in okay. Maryland, mm-hmm. DC suburbs. Yeah. Um, it was my only unexcused absence of my entire elementary school oh career. Uh, J.K. Rowling, she stopped halfway through signing the book because <gasps> she had been signing so many and her publicist or like handler or whoever handler. started spelling out. She was like, O-W-L-I. And J.K. Rowling was like, I know how to spell my own name. And and that was just like, I, just, I got to see her snap. Um, Dude, did you, sh- did you have like an obvious barely. carpal tunnel? Carpal tunnel that was like hurting her? I think it was, I mean, it wasn't necessarily obvious, but she had been signing yeah. books for five hours probably yeah. at that point i can't remember exactly Dude. how long um and so now uh, we're i might snap as well in that <laughs> scenario if someone was reminding me how to <laughs> say cabello e-l-l-o um so yeah that brings us to 22 years ago and mm. no i I'll, i won't go through every moment in my life with harry potter i want to i'm i'm a big fan okay. I, I have always enjoyed the books is it your if you're one of your is it like one of your greatest loves of all time like culturally 
You know, I, fandom. fandom. Yeah, yeah, you're a big fandom. I think it is one of my. It. I know, like my girlfriend recently reread the series. I know people who have reread it a few times. I I've never reread it front to back. I think I might want to do that in the next mm-hmm. year or so. Um, so it, it feels more like one of the greatest loves I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that is fully in my life all the time now, mm-hmm. but I have so many fond memories. I would always oh. go to the midnight drops. Uh, I could tell you about like multiple where I was and what how I celebrated many of the book <sighs> releases. In fact, when the play when they printed the play mm-hmm. and it was like sort of boring to read, but I saw it since then and it's amazing to watch if you get a chance. Um, I just walked down to the Grove to pick up the play and I thought about how it was the first Harry Potter book that I wasn't like with friends. Mm. Uh, and you cried a little. Getting, and I, I oh. did cry mm-hmm. a little. Mm-hmm. And I was standing at Barnes and Noble at the Grove thinking this, holding on to the book when oh. my friend Chris Milliken walks out <laughs> of nowhere and says, hey, Julian, what's up? And I was like, I was, j- I was just wishing that a friend <laughs> Expect could Expecto Patronus, be here. am I right? It's exactly. Wow. It, was, it was true <laughs> magic. Um, that's that's pretty cool. So like tragedy turned to victory story. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was <laughs> it was a really magical moment, and it felt it felt more real. Uh, I'm getting I, goosebumps I, I, just listening to this shit. Dude. I, just the more I talk, the more I remember things. I know it just um, makes me tear up. And but it's, but you know what I'm sensing? Yeah, I'm sensing something with some of your wording, mm. your carefully crafted wording, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and your mm-hmm. focus is that you're really have been gushing about the books and leaving some room for maybe your opinion on the films let's let's uh, move on let's different. let's hear because i kind of want to hear are, that are, before we get into uh mm-hmm. to the 100 right i watched the first few unlike the books i have very few memories about seeing the films because i saw the first Same. three or four when they came out and i can't even tell you whether it was three mm-hmm. or four and then i said these are just not as good as the books. Mm-hmm. Th- this is like uh, getting a Cliff's Note version of the books, mm-hmm. but like, and not even like they leave out so much. Uh, it's just not the same experience. And so I stopped watching them. And I hadn't seen all of the movies until either one. I think it was a year and a half ago. So uh, you know, around Christmas, they show all the movies on TV. Mm-hmm. And so Kristen and I, did, she had seen all of them, and so we decided to watch them. And as we were watching the first few, I was like, yeah, I remember why I stopped watching them. Like, it's just, they, and she had read the books more recently. So she was telling me all the things that, and like, I sort of, something I'm trying to do less this year is I think I helped her along in not liking the movies. Like I, I don't want to ruin ex- ruin things people you know, love anymore. This podcast is known for doing it to people as well. <laughs> yeah. So I know how you're feeling. And also making people love things a little, a little bit, bit more too. We have done, done the opposite. The opposite. I will try to bring that bring it around to that. Um, but when we got to when we watched all of the movies, I said the, the I think I think book 6 part 1 is the only movie that feels like it actually What's ha- the or is it book book seven part one What's um it's i can't remember which one of them mm-hmm. is uh, it's either i think it's deathly hallows part one so seven mm-hmm. part one and i think that's the only one because they split a book into two movies yeah and so they had enough they were able to the final right everything. the final chapter yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly but but they but they split the last book into so it was the second to last movie mm-hmm. but it was the last book um 
other than that, they just left a lot out. And, and how can what you not? bothers me? How can you not? How can you not? How can you not leave stuff out? Yeah. Can well, you? Well, that's, that's the thing. It's the curse of movies <laughs> off books. Joe, right? I, I, can't, I can't get into my unifying theory on adaptations right now, but it's basically <sighs> I th- hear that it. they shouldn't exist. Uh, I don't think it is. I think because then Purist. you run into people. L- like, I have friends, and I almost got kicked out of a bar on my birthday, on my, like, I think, 28th birthday, uh, because <laughs> my friend Harry was telling me about how he's a Harry Potter fan, and I said, oh, what's your favorite book? And he said, oh, no, I've only seen the movies. And I said, oh, then you're not a Harry Potter no. fan. You're a Harry Potter movie fan, yeah. but you can't say you're a fan of Harry Potter. And he was... I might disagree with that now. Well, but you, you haven't read the book, so you almost, like, that. Joe, don't see the duality here no that's irrelevant to that's irrelevant <laughs> because it's like star wars like star wars has grown beyond what was the core films and there's so much to it harry potter has grown beyond the books beyond even the movies so i think while maybe when the first movies came out you couldn't say i'm a harry potter fan i think now it's blown out so much and there's video games there's MMORPGs, there's all these things that are Harry Potter that someone could be a fan of. I do think it's grown too big to where you don't, you can't possibly take all of Harry Potter and say, I accept all that as a fan, the same way you can't take all of Star Wars and say, I'm a Star Wars fan. No, I fucking hate some Star Wars shit. But if you've only seen the prequels, and I think, I think, and, and someone said, I've, I've seen, I love Star Wars. We, oh, which, which one of the original trilogy do you love? Oh, no, I've only seen the prequels. I think then it's like, oh, no, you're a fan of the Star Wars prequels. You're not a fan. Like you That's ha- gatekeeping. You have to specify. <laughs> what about that if, is what gatekeeping. If, but what if someone said they were only a fan of a Star Wars video game? Would you let them just say they're a, a fan of Star Wars or of the specific video game? I'd let them say both, certainly. I imagine right. they like the iconography of Star Wars. <laughs> All right, this, I think you know we won't people be, are gonna come down ahead. on one side or another here. And we won't be I, able and, to resolve yeah. this no. this big issue, but what we can is pivot and focus on the topic of today's podcast. So how do we yes. how do we do that, Julian? <laughs> this late in the game, we should. <laughs> All right, so we're at Fantastic Beasts. It's almost separate from Harry Potter movies books you know it is like the leap into it so tell us why do you think this makes such a good subject for uh the podcast what category is this in and then why do you want to defend it i was going to say that it is underrated but what i really think it is is misranked because Fantastic Beasts came out, and it's a it's a much more fluffy movie. The first one, it's just about this guy Newt's commander. It's who basically wrote a textbook that exists in the original books and movies, and people thought it was fun, but didn't have big thoughts about it. Then they s- used that to somehow be a weird backdoor entry into the story of the first Wizarding War, which is a war basically between Albus Dumbledore and his lover, ex-lover. Gellert Grindelwald and when that movie came out people were like oh this movie was bloated it was there's it's so crazy Joe texted me this show just goes to show that J.K. Rowling doesn't (laughs) know story I think is what you said or I think you said doesn't know how to write no no uh, film story be more specific doesn't know how to write film story cinematic story yeah 
If you are JK Rowling and you're listening, we don't all think that. Keep going. We don't. Well, I, I actually don't know whether I think that or not. But the big thing is everyone said, oh, this movie is so much worse than all the other movies. Mm-hmm. And I disagree. Now, we're talking about the, the, the crimes of... Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crimes of Grindelwald is, I think, at least the second best Harry Potter movie. Or at least the third best. Definitely the Holy second shit. best. Because of oh how I feel God. about the movies. The movies wow. just aren't that good they're all bad (laughs) you're saying they're all bad so this one's pretty good (laughs) i'm saying they're all bad and i'm also saying that what the movies did in my opinion was destructive because they took something that was sacred beautiful sacred and they really watered it down and they took a lot of what made it so sacred out of it what this movie does in an at times very clumsy way is it expands the world a lot and it is only constructive. It is not necessarily the most efficiently built construction there is, but it is still constructive versus destructive. Uh, forgive my naivete. I should know the answer to this. Has she written all the books for Fantastical Beasts? No, no, no. They, so these are straight to movies. They're straight so th- to movies, right? That's what yeah. I thought. Okay, I'm just yeah. The book checking. is a textbook. Yeah. Yeah, so Fantastic Beasts right. and Where to Find Them is literally a listicle of... Right. Fan- like, because I think she did write that book, right, Joe? I think that exists. Like, you can buy that at a library. I believe mm-hmm. so. I see. And there's not really yeah, a story. Yeah, and it's just like a gimmick gift yeah. sort of thing. Or just not like a fun fan okay. thing. Okay, so we are yeah. talking directly straight to video, so to say. Direct to video. <laughs> in- <laughs> right, well, it was released in theaters, but yes. this Yeah, it had a big release. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty widely released, but all of these stories, all, all, a lot of these characters, we are seeing for the first time. Right. They're doing things that are not being watered down. Um, they're coming at us in their original form, and just for that, it becomes, I think, the second best Harry Potter movie. I, I, I'm just curious, like, so did she write just the scripts, right? So she had the idea. Who knows how she works? She outlined it, and she's like, "This is the script for movie number one for Fantastical Beasts," right? Like, so there's no, there's no other except for that one book that exists with them. Right. It's almost well, like a nerd, famously, nerd book, yeah. But it's not she a famously book. has like a deep Bible of all of her mm. characters and stuff. Like, I, I, I forget if it was, it was an interview about either the one of the movies or the play and it was like a director or one of the co-writers of the play who emailed her asking hey like what you mentioned the 12 uses of dragon blood and like you only mentioned one of them could you come up with a couple more for me and she was like oh here's my list Uh i already i already know what the 12 uses of dragon blood are and so who knows what of this i mean we don't actually backstory yeah Yeah, but it is interesting it's just the process so different compared to the books where she could get in all the nitty-gritty, you know, that the narrative, you know, the page offers you. And then go to the films. And here she goes directly. When I say direct to video, I mean from her head, maybe by bypassing <laughs> yes. a couple not, of... <laughs> not VOD. <laughs> right. And then, go, and then go directly onto the screen. Wow. So, okay. Wow. So, second best movie, except... So, it's penultimate that you mean is the number one? Yeah, it goes Deathly Hallows Part 1, and then (laughs) Crimes of Grindelwald, and then I think Fantastic Beasts number 1, and then I can't remember. I think I liked um, Order of the Phoenix. Let's hear right away why. Like, why? why? So, I watched Spoilers, by the way. So, I'm sorry. Spoilers 
abundant and abundant for yeah. Harry Potter period everything we will probably talk about whether he makes it or he dies which I know was a big big cliffhanger and everybody was who Harry out. Potter yeah yeah I mean wasn't oh, it a big yeah. thing when the last book came out I was afraid to take Harry a subway Potter. because people were yelling out like if you if you were in the subway in New York and which where I was in New York and you had the last Harry Potter book and people could see that that's what you're reading, people would yell out like if he dies or he doesn't. And so I had to like, oh, I had to like wrap my book like in like newspaper <laughs> and make sure nobody knew. And I was like so afraid, so afraid that I would find out instead of reading it. Anyway, just a little anecdote for you. Yeah. I remember there being a video <laughs> of a van driving up to um like a barnes and noble where people were waiting for it and the van they open the door and yell dumbledore dies and then they oh. slam the door shut so spoiler Spoilers. dumbledore does Duh, die. yeah guys yeah. so yeah go read everything and come back dumbledore a, a character you need to read the book Stephen. give a shit about <laughs> <laughs> right. okay so okay tell us jo- uh, julian please tell us what is so good about fantastical beasts crimes of grindelwald so I, I, I did I watched it just now I finished about a half an hour before we were meeting and I I, I drank some coffee mm. while I was watching it and I was just in Perfect. a wonderful mood and I do remember being in the theater it's a little long I will give you that it is a little bit long but I'm happy with that because I I want I don't want to see retakes on the stories we've already heard I want to expand the world and I and have always been fascinated by Grindelwald as a character because Dumbledore is this character who, even though, you know, they go through some rough shit and he does make some questionable choices by putting Harry in danger uh, so many times over the course of the mm-hmm. books, but he's basically untouchable. And, you know, when he dies, he pretty much dies on his own terms. And Grindelwald is the only person who sort of has has a chance to defeat him. And of course they have this blood pact because they were lovers at one point and they promised not to hurt each other. So now they're doing, or as the movie says, more than brothers, (laughs) more than the, the the movie really tries to shield international audiences, the Chinese market from, uh, shout out. Yeah. It was, it was weird how they said that line in Mandarin also. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, They said it twice. Why'd you say that twice? Dumbledore. All right. Um, and you know, obviously we have, there, there are plenty of issues with, uh, and you know, and I find myself defending being very defensive about this because sure, Johnny Depp, not, not a great guy. And that's why they've recast him as Mads Mikkelsen is playing him in the next Mm -hmm. movie. Well, wasn't that all overturned? I mean, I don't know the specifics of it, but what didn't it turn out that he actually wasn't abusive? And I don't know. Nobody knows, but not innocent, right? The innocence has been taken away from him whatever well he that got he yeah he got his his name got tarnished by the accusations but i think it came out that amber heard was the one uh lying about things we and don't know probably uh, never we'll, will we'll have to <laughs> <get me> on <laughs> that. but you heard it here first or not either way but i like that this is a problem mm-hmm. julian go ahead I, I, I like Sorry for, the and folks there is lag let's just everybody there is uh, <laughs> some lag because of my internet so if there is some uh, delay and talk over that is why yes yes but also you know I think we just accidentally talk over each other so we just get animated about these things it's exciting and 
I, I, I don't know. I liked the. Oh, there, there were. If you want it to be perfectly concise and clear, it's not going to be that. But you, I love a good, uh, a good chase uh, an escape scene like i thought the beginning joe you're gonna hate me for this i thought i mean the beginning was basically the beginning of dark knight rises just magical joe Agree wait, or disagree? what's the beginning again i just watched it but i already forget the beginning um <laughs> bane what, what, what bane happens? gets bane is with wait 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 oh you're talking about, I think oh, he's talking about of, the yeah. crimes <laughs> the crimes of grindelwald uh, right is that what we're yeah, talking he's about in we're prison. not talking about the first one yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's yeah. It's they not escape. Bad. It's a fun big set piece. I I enjoy the opening, and then from there, it's just a f- like I like Newt Scamander as a character. I think he I like the difficulties with his brother. He's like bo- you're sort of like is he you know if they had you know diagnoses for being on the spectrum i mean i look i don't know right but it's it strikes me as at least the performance is very introverted doesn't begin to describe how uncomfortable nude is in social interactions right yes Mm -hmm. and like unaware that he should be making eye contact at all i mean he seems like deep in the spectrum again uh obviously an acting choice i'm sure directing choice probably you know notes from jk but wow like like there is no eye contact like like you're just saying like it's it's a little too early for me to say this but i have the biggest problem for me with this movie is how completely disconnected from the world this character is because of the performance oh wow yeah for me so like that's might be my favorite part and that's that's why we're two different people No, but I mean, it, yeah, okay, but so yeah, probably at autistic. We don't know uh, the character, um, and but you like Newt, and right? if you Both didn't you know, guys. if mm-hmm. I think he's really good, and if you didn't uh, know the character, Dumbledore will tell you exactly who the character is in this movie, which is great. <laughs> what do you mean? There is what a moment you? where Dumbledore literally says, "Newt." You're the type of guy who does this because of this. <laughs> and Dumbledore just tells us exactly who Newt is. You do the right thing because it's the right thing. It was for Newt. me because it's I like, haven't seen the first movie. On. It was explaining right, it was, me, you know, to me what are we dealing here with. And I really don't think you have to see the first movie. Um, I love that. I think they actually did a good job of incorporating all the beasts because it is a weird. It's a very like. The, the first Wizarding War is this big historical moment that doesn't have a lot to do with Fantastic Beasts, and they really just, you know... they Fun to look at. If you, yeah, very fun to look at, and I th- I like all the beasts. I love a Niffler. Mm. The Nif- I would watch a Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> about the Niffler. They are a lot of fun. That's what I want. Um, r- well, I want beasts. But, do, but, but you got beasts. There are plenty of beasts. And then also they've got this allegory. Like, you know, watching it right now, watching it two weeks after the the storming Mm. of the Capitol and and the end of uh, Trump's hopefully only Uh, reign. Yes. (laughs) And and seeing, I mean, like, I thought, I think, because I remember watching, when did it come out? 2018? Yes. So we were in the middle of the Trump presidency and a lot of people made 
comparisons, you know, between Grindelwald and Hitler, but also Grindelwald and Trump, because he had all of these, you know, he had he had this big rally that everyone was talking about. And I think in that light, watching Queenie's arc is actually is very important because she she's from the beginning made like even though she can read minds she's not the smartest person in the world and they make that that's she has other many other strengths but that's one of her like her brother or her sister tina is the smart one and she's the sort of like fun ditzy one but heart of gold and because she's that heart of gold character when we then see at the beginning that she's frustrated that the current administration which is obviously better than you know the grindelwald nazism that's about to be brought about uh won't let her be with the person she loves like that gets taken advantage of and you see someone because he's a muggle is an explanation yeah Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. because sorry because her her uh her boyfriend is a muggle or a nomad in america Mm -hmm. and or a um Grindelwald says this briefly when he's talking shit about them. He also refers to them as can't spells, mm. which I wondered if that's that was great. like a yeah. Uh, he gives I, like I think six that's the or only seven. T- <laughs> he does. Like he does give a lot names, of six or right? seven like a fun. <laughs> he's like muggles, nomads, yeah, can't it's spells, like zingers, like this see which lands. It's like usually when I write or edit a list for the pilots, I, I pilot I write like when like here's like ten possible titles. That's what he was going mm. like. And so, and so, but you're saying you you like the can't spells because why? I mean, I, j- I think it's, it, it just expands the world a little mm-hmm. bit. There are a lot of tiny details that expand the world. Um, the, the, and this is, they also, at, in the flashback when Lita Lestrange, who I need to even, I can't remember exactly how she's related to, like Bellatrix is mar- marries into the Lestranges. I don't know if anyone knows that, but she's an, you know, the Lestranges are an important family. Mm-hmm. Um, Lita and Newt are at the Whomping Willow and it's a smaller Whomping Willow and we find out that the little like stick bug creatures uh, live in the Whomping Bil- Willow and it's because it is of wand quality and I don't think I knew that the Whomping Willow was a tree of wand quality and mm-hmm. that's th- that's that was that's cute cool to me. that was cute yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, mi- I must have I missed just that part y- I like you missed the beginning they didn't too. say it was the Whomping Willow mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and but part of the tell. thing i think it's it's interesting you coming from the like you need to read the books perspective to enjoy these movies and these things because i think that's you know partly the problem is like you shouldn't have to do that but i understand how it does enhance the viewing um but i'll never do it you know so that kind of is a problem for the movies um, but I will say I loved the the Trumpian stuff. I think it plays mm-hmm. even more now, and I did enjoy the movie more in the second viewing than I did originally. Same. So well, because now you don't I mean, have a tyrant I, for a president. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, this That's is a, the this is a, a distant nicer. memory. This movie. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, J- uh. Julian, is there anything else that you want to bring up before? Me. Let me see. Yeah. I wrote down a couple of tiny things. I was trying to be engaged and really did enjoy it. Oh yeah, I put Queenie, Arrow, poor whites upset at the system, um, which I, I <laughs> Queenie's arc is one of the most like I could probably write a paper on on how Queenie has changed over the course of the movie and like the real tragedy of it. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would agree that Queenie's arc is one of the most exciting things that happens and 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 like high stakes things that happens in the movie this movie has been blamed for 
absence of stakes, even though it seems like, wow, wait, Grindelwald is the Hitler, basically. How is it low stakes? But we can get into the nitty-gritty of why some reviewers maybe felt like it was low stakes, and I can also speak for myself. Um, being just a little overwhelmed, confused with the details of why finding this guy is the credence is like the biggest thing and like why is it that an important thing and I have to care about it so much. Whereas with Harry Potter it was always clear, like Voldemort wants to kill him. Like fucking mm -hmm. Harry needs to survive. Like it doesn't get more high stakes than he needs to survive. And um but it is I do agree that Queenie's arc was stood out as a very cool thing for how much sort of screen time she had how impactful that was, you know, her turn. Yeah. And I haven't watched the first movie in a little while, but probably like four years. But it does feel like she didn't have, she was sort of just like comic relief, mm -hmm. like the hot sister of the like nerdy mm -hmm. love interest in the first movie. And so I thought it was great that they gave her such a meaningful story. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that I had written down, which is not a big deal, uh, but I put weirdly sexual Bunty Kelpie scene. And when he, Bunty is the assistant that you only see in like one or two scenes at the beginning when he goes down and he's like feeding the mm -hmm. animals mm -hmm. and she clearly has a crush on him. Yeah. And, she and he the makes her wet. Is that, <laughs> is it? Is she got really wet there. He literally I, makes her wet. And, and he's he's riding this like very you know phallic dragon through the ocean, and you know the <laughs> the the wave comes up and douses her, and she just like and she's wearing looks a ecstatic. bra. She's wearing a bra, unfortunately. I I missed that part. <laughs> I was I was just I was focused on the eyes. <laughs> Guys, can I just tell you like sure. I mean just when I was like, I, you don't just throw this one scene in here of her like being all overly like excited about new. And then nothing comes, like, there's nothing else. There's no oh, yeah. follow up. She just got wet. She said, you should take off your shirt. And he says, I won't. <laughs> I'm okay. I dry out fast. And he goes mm. right in. And I'm like, what is going on? Is this like <laughs> another love interest? That I'm so, like, he's this like, dude yeah, is, so like, is, is like trying to juggle like a bunch of different women who are like hot all over, you know, over him. But it, you know, there's no payoff. We just know she's no sad. Whatsoever. She's sad. She wants a piece of that ass. I will admit yeah, that the movie the is movie. a brainstorm that they. It's it's like a brainstorm that somebody put into script format, and <laughs> they were like, "We just have a bunch of ideas," and they agreed on all the ideas, but not really how to put them together. Mm -hmm. And then they had some. You know, they probably paid Joe two hundred dollars on Upwork <laughs> to string it all into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have been better <laughs> but this is this is the thing for me I love the first movie I don't even love it but I the reason I love it is because it is just like feels like the standalone like we're hunting monsters and beasts that's fun and then the Johnny Depp reveal at the end you're like what who cares <laughs> what's going on here and then the, then they have this whole movie that's like oh, all of a sudden, this is a trilogy. And you're like, no, this doesn't even... Oh, no, never felt five. like it was supposed to be a trilogy about this. Oh, even worse. Yeah, yeah, there's more. But it's like this... It felt like uh, it was a trick played on audiences, you know? Oh, now you have now it's Dumbledore and uh, Grindelwald. And I'm like, I could care less about Dumbledore and Grindelwald 
personally. So I know a lot of my issues with it are personal, but I think it's also a pretty sloppy movie because it expects you to care about any of these characters from the get-go. Like, I don't like or care about any of the characters. Maybe Newt, because he's interesting and makes bold choices. The rest, they give no reason in this movie to care about them or like them, I think. So... I'm just like, no. But I will say some of that is me being jaded by not liking the aesthetic of any of the movies, and especially this one. I think this is so dirty and grimy, even for the Harry Potter world, that it's just, it's a gross-looking movie. It feels dirty. What do you mean by that? (laughs) It's all, it's wet, old, stony Mm. buildings. Everything's brown. It's just not pleasant and while like i like that for let's say a star wars there's something about this being the real world in the past i just i where are the wet stony buildings in star wars no it they're not but it has the grungy like worn look yeah i guess to me they don't it's hard to compare the two you know but mm, but what about dark knight but i mean star wars is known for its well, I use Star Wars just as another, mm-hmm. like, a thing I'm a fan of mm-hmm. that is a big, like, sprawling books things. And it would be, it would seem like, how can you say you don't like a grungy, like, look when Star Wars is literally, like, sci-fi grunge? Star Wars isn't sheen, like, shiny metal everywhere. It's like, no, this is well-worn. So I just wanted to make that clarification. So I'm not a hypocrite. Right. So aesthetically... You did not want anybody to take off their shirts except for Newt. That was your problem. <laughs> I I don't want to get into that just to not be a, not to perv out too hard on this episode. But yes, <laughs> I I think it really comes down to what you want from it because Joe, understandably, you wanted just a great movie and. I think coming from the like OG Harry Potter fan perspective, there's literally a website called Pottermore that JK Rowling created for her to just, or maybe ghostwriters to just write like articles that are just new facts about the wizarding world that are, that are canon because they're on Pottermore now. And so this felt like a somewhat cohesive, a, a sloppy movie, but a somewhat cohesive list of new stories characters pieces of the world that it was just cool to learn about and i'm still in i still feel invested in the wizarding world and how i mean the wizarding war and how dumbledore like overcomes his his one true love of grindelwald and you know what the hell is going like I really don't understand how Credence can be Dumbledore's little brother. I would really like to understand that. It is really weird. Yeah. But again, yeah, it's not done well in the movie, but it's exciting to, like, I want to know. I want to know everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, we're coming at it from different different perspectives. Yeah, and I I can't help but admit that now a lot of my disdain for the movie is rooted in, like, a lack of fandom. Mm-hmm. But I think we can all agree there are like legitimate issues with it as a movie, including Grindelwald as such a wasted character. Like I don't blame Johnny Depp. I blame the writing. One of his main scenes, other than him 
giving his speech to all his followers is just him giving exposition for like four minutes where he's like we're going to start the war and we'll get the boy and we'll get the <laughs> once we have the boy and you're like dude that you guys gave why him are you nothing. doing ringo star that's pretty much what he's doing <laughs> it, it is interesting they because gave him nothing and he gave us nothing it is interesting because even though there's action in this film there's really no action if you really think about it. like a lot of it is like a non-action like you don't see the evil mm-hmm. characters do the evil thing like but there's like all this sense of doom is being built but we're like okay okay so he's really bad he looks like you know like he might like you know have like a hitler vibe and he wants to have pure blood okay that's not good we know that's not good but like voldemort was so scary voldemort was so scary like it gave me shivers just to think of him and it has to do with right. me having read the books of yeah. course but like he was a fucking scary ass character he was like dude i don't i would never want to cross paths with voldemort grindelwald i'm like eh. I mean, we can handle this guy, can we? And of course, they handle him pretty easily. Like, all it took is just the Nicholas guy who lives forever, right? To kind of get a few wizards <laughs> together and then just to kind of turn on their wands together and like focus for a few minutes, like focused wand activity. And then, boom, like 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 we killed the... Um, what, 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 we got rid of the imminent danger here. The like dragon together. thingy? Yeah, the dragon thingy. So there was just like yeah. a lot of things that were like just handled kind of arbitrarily. Like it wasn't like because of this has built up to this thing. And I think that is the biggest maybe problem with the film is just it shows the difference between you two guys, Julian and Joe, how you, you know, one person, not necessarily a Harry Potter fan, another one is... And so for Harry Potter fan, anything that has to do with the Harry Potter world is like dear to their heart because we want more kind of thing. Like give us more. We'll take we'll take it. We want more because it's so sad that Harry Potter world mm-hmm. is not like going on. It's been finished by having written J.K. Rowling written the last book. But for a non-fan, it's like, dude, you're planting so many things that don't even pay off. Like, you know, <laughs> just probably for the greatness of the franchise and the, you know, extra eyeballs in the future movies. So I think that's definitely like the biggest maybe problem. Like mm-hmm. there was like no, not a lot of dramatic action, stakes, yeah, or can desire. Can we talk about this mm-hmm. moment? To, to your exact point of like the stakes and dramatic action, there's a moment where they're all like underground. They had just, they had just gotten trapped a guy had just like, yeah. um, <laughs> right. he had trapped Tina, and then he traps Trauma. them, and Yusuf? they're like, yeah, Yusuf, oh. right? Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh no, we're trapped. Five seconds later, we got the, the lock undone. <laughs> so that's already like just mm-hmm. immediate resolution. They're like, okay. Then they talk to the guy. They like resolve whatever that conversation is. Then you just hear a roar cut to they're outside <laughs> fighting a lion creature that they had referenced earlier. And you're like, wait, what the hell just happened? Like, I was confused. Why in that is moment. the lion? It's a bad cut. And then you're like, okay, this is going to be pretty interesting. He's going to like fight the lion. And then all he does is like pull out the perfect thing to stop the lion. And then it's over. There's nothing like dramatic or interesting about what happens there. All it is, is like an info dump. It's just saying, here's the lion creature. And it, the wand thingy, uh, appeases it. 
there you go. You might as well read it in a paragraph in the Fantastical Beasts book. JK. I mean, this is what I say when JK doesn't know how to write cinematic fiction. Would I prefer that it was a book that she had written than a movie? Absolutely. It's a Wikipedia article. This movie is a Wikipedia article or section that they tried to make into a movie. It is a brainstorming. It's a brainstorming like diary. You know, it's a journal. Like it's journaling, like morning pages, journaling all the details about the (laughs) wizarding world into the curves. Yeah. She wrote this over a week of morning pages. (laughs) 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 Just 21 pages freehand. I did want to talk about Flamel, which you brought up, Sasha, because I think that's the perfect example of what of like the difference between joe and i because he is in a 100 percent different movie <laughs> than the rest of that nicholas flamel like, the immortal guy nicholas right mm-hmm. yeah i was 100 percent convinced i was like this is that's that's neil patrick patrick harris mm-hmm. for sure in heavy makeup <laughs> and they just wanted <laughs> to give him and it's not it's actually what's his name um jodorowsky's son oh uh who I, I don't know he's I don't know there's the Jodorowsky's Dune he's some famous yeah, direct, indie director yeah. um, and his son randomly is in this like fully comic role that does not fit into the mm-hmm. tone of the rest of the movie which I you may have picked up on Joe I personally was just like it is fun to see Nicola Flamel I have heard about him for so long and it's just fun to see him as this kooky guy mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mind like his tone or like you know his comedicness. I think the movie is it's less comedic than I remember the first movie being, um, especially with uh, like Queenie being less of a part and also the sidekick guy. Um, so it is less funny, but I didn't feel like he was out of place. I just felt like, oh, okay, I don't really care that it's this guy, but I understand it's fan service. And then, like Sasha had said uh, earlier when he shows up to save the day there's not there's not so much of a like a cohesion of like you know when you watch a movie and it's you're random. like oh yes that it that's happening of course that would happen it's not that it's no. just like a random occurrence Brontes Jodorowsky um, so that was my name. issue yeah Brontes Jodorowsky um great name <laughs> great name um fine performance i guess just doesn't fit the movie <laughs> yeah his running when he's trotting across <laughs> the room because he's like 700 years old it is interesting yeah, when it's, it's you like you know world writers here it's like anytime you write something you go back and you're like how do i set this up this great climax at the end of this like final act in the way that you know it is satisfying but surprising right surprising but satisfying because you're like oh shit exactly what joe was just saying like and it's it's just like a lot of work that goes into that how do you set up just enough to get to that place instead yeah like having a random character show up like uh, randomly save the day is 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 a very big cop-out for me that's i agree that's that's where i am (laughs) Joe, you're showing us your face. It's good to see you. Great to see you. Yeah, I think I got some, the internet shot back up in speed. So I think we're good uh, for now. So unless Julian wants to say something else, we can go to our own feedback on the film by doing a scale. Julian, is there anything you want to add 
that uh, we haven't covered. I and I would I my question actually for you, um, just to direct this in a, a certain way is, what would you say to somebody who hasn't seen this movie yet? What's the optimal like? What lens should they watch this movie in? Should they be watching this movie in an, any order outside of the Harry Potter series? Um, I mean, that's who I want you to speak to. I think if you haven't read the books, there's no point in seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. It. I. I will. I will give you that. It's. I would love to hear that somebody okay. had only seen the Fantastic Beasts movie and and were enjoying them because I just want to. I think I could learn more about my love for it uh through that but i i can really i think it's i mean like watching it in the middle of the day with a coffee was the perfect Mm -hmm. way to watch it other than the fact that it's very dark and so the wind the there was a lot of glare coming in through the windows but (laughs) if you can if you can if you can fix that which most people can figure out a way to do it (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's just a fun, I, I think a cannon dump is really what it is. It's like nice. a pretty cannon dump. And some movies are just like the amount of story that you get when you go on a ride that has to create digital content in order for mm, you to yeah. stay in line for an hour. And I feel like this is kind of, it's a brainstorm. It's the line for a roller coaster. It's not a perfect movie, but all of the little bits and pieces are fun, and I enjoy them. Um, and so, yeah, just just letting it expand the world and the mythology. Great. So you're saying, yeah, if you haven't read the books or aren't a Harry Potter fan, this is probably not anything to. Check not sure out. why you would do. I would. I would say if you haven't read the books, I wouldn't say don't see this movie. I would say. Go read the books, or at least I guess watch. Well, I guess the watch movies the movies, first, right? Like if you like if you've seen the movies, Harry Potter movies, and you're like I really love it, but I just don't have it in me to read or listen to the books. Fine, give it a shot. It's just probably you you're ha- not gonna love it. You have to care about yeah. the characters from from the original because you have to know that Lita Lestrange is like all the tragedy that befalls her. Like her family has such a a tragic future, also, and just like that, it made me hurt for Bellatrix and Sirius and all the all the blacks because they were you know related to them. And I think you really, ha- if you don't care about the characters, whether you've read the books or watched the movies, then you're not. There's no point in watching this uh, this movie. But if you do, it's a fun expansion. Great. And do you recommend that people definitely watch the first Fantastic Beasts? And then this one. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, Absolutely. they'll end up Cause, like me. Because that one's also fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one jumps right into the movie, too. Like, it has that opening sequence. But as far as, like, kind of... There's no reintroduction of the characters or anything. It's kind of, like, r- immediately after, it feels. So, uh, I feel like you definitely have to watch that first or one. Or just read a bunch of Wikipedia, uh, like, synopsis, like myself, before you get in. Yeah. Great. Well... What we do in this podcast, Julian, is we each create a scale at the end of the episode, and we'll explain to you. Um, each of us individually creates a 10-point scale where we take the subject of the episode and rate it against another, in this case, movie, or whatever whatever feels right. You know, maybe it's 
I don't know, Game of Thrones, like whatever it might be that feels right or um, individually for you. And the other thing can be low on the scale or high on the scale or medium of the scale. But then in this relation, relationship is what we're looking for in relation to that, like where does the subject of this episode fall? So we can do it first and we usually do. And then our guest of honor gets to do that. And so we'll find out how you feel about it. Joe, you have so much, to, you know, like emotion there, I feel like. Do you want to start? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and before I say that, I find it really interesting that Julian's number one or number two movie is this one. Uh, because I'm somewhat similar, just to bring it back to Star Wars, my favorite and what I think is the best Star Wars movie is Revenge of the Sith, which is the third of the prequels. <laughs> And that is uh, not a completely like out there opinion. A lot of people do have that opinion, but it's, it's certainly out there, you know a more mm-hmm. a minority in the in the larger picture. It's like picture. a two percenter. You like a two percenter. I think we're bigger than that. We are Legion, <laughs> the Revenge of the Sith fans. Go go find us. But so I think I'll do that. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is wow. a ten. <laughs> I think it works on its own, and it works with the series, of course. I think, um, I think this, the the Fantastic Beats being a prequel, it doesn't really work for me because, like, knowing who Dumbledore is as a young man, does not feel impactful to who he is as an older man versus Darth Vader to Anakin. I don't think there's any like dynamic there where you're like, oh, we're seeing him mm-hmm. be younger. I think that's different if you know the books and things. So that's at least what Andy told me is there's mm-hmm. like a lot more to his history that I don't know. But as far as just watching the movies, it's like, okay, he was like a great teacher wizard and he's continuing to be a great teacher wizard as he, as Jude <laughs> Law. Okay. Um, so I do think Revenge of the Sith <laughs> is a much better movie. Uh, 10. I think Fantastic Beasts is a mm-hmm. 4. I did like it a lot better, like I said, the second time what, watching it. What was the first but time? I also I was one? In uh, probably like mm-hmm. one or two. Um, it, but that being said, like I did feel like just stopping the movie at some point and just watching a recap video. Which are painful. So, so it's shocking. <laughs> but they're four minutes of pain versus... I, yeah, so mm-hmm. four. All right, I'll go next. I think I'm going to have to take a Harry Potter movie to rate it against. Fair. Big fan of Harry Potter books. Huge fan. Like, my heart is in it. Like, to the point where you just walk around and you're like, I am Harry Potter. No, I am Harry Potter. Like, that's, you know what I mean? That feeling, Julian, where you walk around and you're like, mm-hmm. this is about me. This is how I feel. Yeah, I mean, incredible, incredible, really, what she's written. Um, the, the movies I was, like, fine with, I have to say. Like, I'm, you know, I'm talking shit here about her movies. I feel like it's just really hard to make a movie out of Harry Potter books. I mean, and I think they do a decent job, some better than others. But I remember really enjoying, like, the final two and being a little more like, oh, it's too childish, the first couple. But... You know, I, I just didn't expect, I guess, the movies to be as impact, impactful as the, as the books. So I was okay with them. 
So, uh, I don't even know, like, I can't even remember which movies, which, like, which you were saying to us was your experience to Julian. It's like, like, how, how exactly I feel about each movie. I don't know, but about mm-hmm. books, I can tell you. Um, so let's just take the final, you know, like one of the best ones, I think, in my opinion, uh, Harry, Harry Potter, like part two of the final um, installment. So the final Harry Potter movie, don't, re- don't know what the name is, okay. but it's great. Lots of Voldemort juicy Voldemort stuff is what I'm looking for always um and just as far as movies go it probably would be like an eight like a strong eight for me um I remember loving it coming out of the theater feeling satisfied I also do get satisfied though with these like big endings like I was happy with the last season of Game of Thrones like don't get me started like I can come up on this podcast and talk about like super happy my favorite season of all time yeah that might be yeah the favorite season of all time I can love it um, so I'm always happy with like just the way things wrap up in general, I think. Uh, maybe it says something about me. If that's an eight, the Harry Potter movie, then um, Fantastical Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, I'm going to give it a five. And I felt at times like it was a six, but at times it felt like it was a three and four. And I think to me, the sloppiness of just, there's something happens, you know, and I don't think that J.K. Rowling does it specifically like on purpose, but when people become untouchables, like she's untouchable, you know, even though she marred herself with her comments (laughs) about gender fluidity and stuff like that. Yeah. um, That's a big, you know, uh, obviously, you know, source of pain for her fans. Yeah, she's feeling pretty touchable these but, days. But, but she's untouchable <laughs> to studio execs, right? She's untouchable. She's fucking J.K. Rowling. No matter what she does, like, turns to gold. And so when people become those figures, I think, a lot of times just the quality goes down. And that is not to say that Harry Potter films, she wasn't throughout all of them untouchable. She already was. But it was like she was completing that, like, one opus, um, uh, like, that she of her life, right? That she has written... And uh, like she had a momentum, and there's no momentum in this story here. Like I like to me, there's no, there's there's cute, cool facts. The beasts, but but there's like the beasts don't pay off. I'm like remove the beasts. Pretty much the movie can be the exact same without the beasts. That's where my, my feeling was like, don't need the beasts, which is in the title. So I don't know uh, why that uh, is the case. And um, the. Yeah, it's just like, it's, it's hard to write a movie and to write a movie that just has a lot of random scenes kind of connected together is feels like unfair and it's like a multi-million dollar movie. And the biggest problem for me is the character. Like, I didn't like anybody. Like, I didn't give a shit about any of the characters. And again, you know, I just didn't have a point of which I was going to fall in love with any of these characters. Um, Newt was to me like I was like I just don't give a shit about Newt like I know some of you guys both of you I think love Newt uh, or like Newt to me it was like dude like this Newt guy like he just has no charisma I have nothing nothing to feel about this character actor I don't know what, what was going on here performance directing I just didn't care it was hard for me to believe that the casting wise that the pretty lady was so falling for this doofus guy sorry like because it was like not i mean like i'm sure if i read the books if they existed i'd be like oh that's why she loves him but to me it was just like really she's dying for this guy to be with him 
Um, and then I was really confused about all the love interests. There were at least three and I couldn't tell, like there was no like, oh my God, the chemistry on the screen is like, we're, we're everybody's wet. Like yeah. there was no chemistry with any of them. No chemistry. The, the most chemistry <laughs> is with the woman who gets forgotten. Yeah. Bunty. 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 Between Bunty and Kelpie. Yes, I agree. So, but I'll give it a five because I am a fan of Harry Potter stuff and I was just so happy that I saw it. So it's like a neutral, like a neutral place is where it lands for me. More importantly, Julian, what about you? So I am obviously going to compare it to Big Little Lies season two, episode one. Because oh <laughs> very <laughs> random, just the way like this movie we're talking about is with their introductions. Uh, yeah, it's, it is not because they they do share Zoe Kravitz, but it is not for that reason. <laughs> it is because both are unnecessary expansions on <laughs> tightly contained very well told stories i loved season mm-hmm. one of big little lies or as it was called at the time big little lies the limited series <laughs> the only thing i hate more than an adaptation is when a fucking network says something mm-hmm. is a limited series and mm-hmm. then it does so well that they say hey can you guys do some more mm-hmm. of that because mm-hmm. the whole point of it was that no mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a contained story as is harry potter you know the <laughs> the hogwarts or the harry potter chronicles i don't know what you call the harry's uh, seven books but and so i will give season two episode one of big little lies which i only watched the first episode of that season wow i said Kristen, if it gets any better let me know, let me mm-hmm. know and i'll catch up mm-hmm. but i just I saw Meryl scream. Mm. That was that was what you really watched it for. I didn't need any more. And everyone, <laughs> I, I told you three or four friends, let me know if it gets any better. And all of them finished it and said, nah, oh, it man. wasn't. I loved it. And so, I, and it was honestly one of the greatest decisions I've ever made <laughs> because I saved eight hours of my life. Uh, to, so that I was sleep. able it's to a good watch sleep right there. Crimes of Grindelwald <laughs> twice. Yeah, yeah I, I should have slept, but instead I watched Crimes of Grindelwald <laughs> yeah. twice, which is almost eight hours. So I'll give. Uh, <laughs> I will give season two, episode one of Big Little Lies a three because I don't think they expanded the world at all. I don't, I, it felt lesser than all the prior stuff. It was very boring. And according to all reports that came back to me, it stayed that way. I will give Crimes of Grindelwald a six mm. because obviously we have cover the fact that it's not mm-hmm. a perfect movie or a a well done movie but they were going they had this opportunity to expand the world and they did they they threw a lot of new things about the world and the history and the canon at you and for that in my book it earns a six julian what it tells me is that you really hate harry potter movies I really do. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm really getting. I thought more I of. with that. I think this is what this podcast <laughs> mostly about. Shut up! I hate Harry Potter movies, but I am a big Harry Potter fan. Wow! I mean, if that's the second best of all the J.K. Rowling, you know, oh, yeah. wizarding movies, then think about you know whatever Order of the Phoenix. That's probably a four at its best for you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't think any of the movies... Yeah, none of the movies... I mean... I think uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1 is a Mm 7.5. And the rest of them 
are between a, a two and a four. Incredible. Wow. wow. Fantastic Beasts, though, the first yeah. one, I would give it a, a seven, maybe. Like, may, maybe it's better than... It, so, so, I don't better. know whether Crimes of Grindelwald is better. In fact, maybe they're tied for me. Those two okay. are tied for second place. Because it's, ch- it's like fluctuating. That's what this podcast does to our guests. It shakes yeah, them I, it's off. breaking my brain. Yes. Wow. I've learned a lot today, guys. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Always. Wow. Julian, thank you so much for coming on the Shut Up. I love Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Please uh, tell us, is there any social media or anything you want to tell the world about that they should check you out? Oh, yeah. Check out my Instagram, Julian M. Stern. Uh, subscribe to my newsletter, substack.sternaljournal.com. And I have three albums on Spotify. Sick. I'm just Julian Stern on Spotify. Two of them are stand-up albums. One is a little ukulele <laughs> album about uh, Zoom difficulties. We had some of those. <laughs> well, that, we've had know, a good it's, share. it's very relatable right yeah. now and hopefully not for too much longer. Mm-hmm. But So listen to it while it's relatable. It's just, yeah, it's called the Relaxing Relatable Zoom Diddy Demo. But go to my Spotify page and you'll find it. It's only seven minutes That's long. That's awesome. And if you want to email Joe or me those links, I'll post them in the description of the episode. Excellent. Joe, what's going on with you these days? These days. Check it out. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Joe Cabello. There's a bunch of comics on there, including Bottoms Ooh. Up Hard Liquor, my horror comedy comic. And I just put out some uh, issue yeah. two pages. So you're getting a lot of stuff on there. Go check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you, Julian, for coming on this podcast. Thank you, Joe, for hosting with me. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork. Thank you, Brian Walker, for this track that we love so much. Love and it. thank you, J.K. Rowling and Johnny Depp for listening.